You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Ridgecrest Baptist Church in Springfield, Missouri. To connect with us or learn more, visit us online at ridgecrestbaptist.org. It is good to be home. I'm glad to be with you. I have been in communication with Pastor Jeremy this morning. He sent me a note at 6.04 a.m. <laughs> and I greatly appreciated it. I replied at 7.08. <laughs> and then about, I think, less than a minute, maybe two minutes later, back from across the world. He said, I'll be bringing the word here in Florence at almost the exact time you'll be preaching at RBC. Isn't that awesome? And it really is. And I'm thankful. I have had the privilege of having key pastors in my life. One of those pastors was my pastor when I was a college student, and he then performed the wedding ceremony for my sweet wife and myself, and he played fast pitch softball (laughs) with me, and he was called to missions, and he left me his first base mitt. Friends, you know you're called to mission when you leave your first base mitt Pastor Carl Reese, one of my pastors and a good pastor friend here as well. He's been one of my pastors. John Marshall's been one of my pastors. Dr. John 316 Marshall, dear to my heart. And uh, we've walked some miles together. But my pastor now, and by the way, every pastor needs a pastor. You know that? Every pastor needs a pastor. My pastor now is Dr. Jeremy Eunice. And I'd say that gladly, gladly. I'm telling you, that man can preach, and I listen almost every week to him. And last Sunday, he hit a home run as far as I was concerned. Wow, what a message. Well, it's been a strange year, and we all know that, and now we're in the second strange year. So I always like to ask a question, Pastor Johnny, that I know the answer, that I know the answer, and I know how people will answer. So let me ask this question. Kind of loosen up, because you may want to raise your hand on this. How many of you in the last, oh, let's say three months, how many of you have had your temperature taken in the last three months. Let's oh, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. I'm telling you what, I counted up and I kind of calculated. I've probably had my temperature taken about 280 times in the last two years, year and a half or so. And usually it's with one of these little things looks like a gun, you know, and they bring it up close to my forehead as I go into the court house in Christian County. And uh, so far it's been good all the time, but now they have these little kiosk things and you walk up to them and you put your forehead up close. I'd never done that before. I went to the resource building over in Christian County uh, this past week. They had one there. I thought, I'll try this out. I'm fully immunized. I'm okay, but I want to check it out. I put my forehead up there and I was not expecting this. (laughs) The lady's voice said, safe. (laughs) Yes. Now, I will have to tell you, I I did have a moment when I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we had something in a church? And, And you come up to it and it tells you whether you are healthy or whether or not you're carnal. I have an idea the church might be a little empty with that out there. I don't know. 
And I think it might cause me problems at times as well. I come today to bring a message I've titled Vital Signs. You know what that means, of course. You know that we often have these vital signs. I just went within the last month to Dr. Sue Ping Luthi. Dr. Luthi is a personal friend and she's my uh, and Debbie's uh, physician. And so I went to see her and um, they took my vital signs. They checked my blood pressure. They checked the pulse. She listened to my heart, those vital signs. And then I got to tell you, they asked me embarrassing questions. Now, some of you, you, you're at that age where you understand exactly what I'm saying. I mean, they get personal with me about my life and my health. I want to talk to you about vital signs. And here's what I want to promise you. You stay with me for the next whatever it will be together. And when you leave, you're going to be able to have an assessment of your health an assessment of your spiritual health as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And if you're watching or listening and you're not yet a part of the family of God, you'll have a better understanding of how it can be. Hear me when I say this. The great need of the hour is for healthy disciples. Amen. That's the need. And here's the good news. By the grace of God, every child of God can be healthy. I'm talking about spiritual health. These bodies, they're going to fail us at one point in time or the other. But in the inner person of the heart, we can be stronger when we end than when we started. I'm going to talk to you about vital signs. In a moment, we're going to look at a text. I will tell you, it's a, a chapter. So... You'll just be prepared for that. I also want to tell you that I'm going to ask you to do something that you may not have been asked to do before, but here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to create a movie in your mind. As I read the text, I want you to see it. My wife is so good at this. She's visual, and she will see it whether I say it or not. It's just the way she uh, deals with life. But I want you to see that, and here, listen, listen to me. I want you to see yourself in the movie. I want, to, I want you to be there. I want you to participate in the story. Now, we're going to go to Nehemiah. I love Nehemiah. We're going to go to Nehemiah and we're going to land on chapter 8. And I will tell you in preparation for this, when you see yourself in this movie of the mind, you will see that you are in a group of healthy disciples. And by the way, that's kind of noteworthy in the Old Testament because many times they're not healthy. It's not just New Testament. Honestly, there are times that we're not healthy today. So we're going to be in that movie. We're going to, we're going to look at that, and then I'm going to go back, and I'm going to have your word open before you, and we're going to look at how we can know that we are healthy disciples. So in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse number 1, now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate, and they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. 
Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. So Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood which they had made for the purpose and beside him at his right hand stood Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Urijah, Hilkijah, Maaseah, and at his left hand Padaiah, Mishael, Malkijah, Hashem, Hashbadanah, Zechariah, and Meshulam. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people for he was standing above all the people and when he opened it all the people stood up and Ezra blessed the Lord the great God, then all the people answered? Amen. Okay, you're there. You're in the movie. Stay with me. I am now uh, in that uh, sixth verse. While lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akab, Shabbatai, Hodijah, Maaseah, Kalita, Azariah, Jozebed, Hanan, Peleah, and the Levites helped the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God. And they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people saying, be still for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink to send portions and rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. Now on the second day, the heads of the father's houses of all the people with the priests and Levites were gathered to Ezra the scribe in order to understand the words of the law. And they found written in the law which the Lord had commanded by Moses that the children of Israel should dwell in booths during the feast of the seventh month and that they should announce and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem saying, go out to, to the mountain and bring olive branches, branches of oil trees, myrtle branches, palm branches, and branches of leafy trees to make booths as it is written. Verse number 16, and the people went out and brought them and made themselves booths, each one on the roof of his house or in their courtyards or the courts of the house of God and in the open square of the water gate and in the open square of the gate of Ephraim. So the whole assembly of those who had returned from the captivity made booths and sat under the booths for since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, until that day, the children of Israel had not done so. And there was very great gladness. Also day by day, from the first day until the last day, he read from the book of the law of God, and they kept the feast seven days. And on the eighth day, there was a sacred assembly according to the prescribed manner. Would you pray with me, please? Oh, my Father, I come today humble before you. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And I simply affirm that I am praying today that I would truly 
rely on you alone, on your word, on your spirit, not upon myself. The prophet said, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, my spirit, says the Lord. Open the eyes of our hearts. Open our minds to receive this word. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right, the question before us this hour is simply this question. What are the vital signs of spiritual health? And I'm going to give these to you from the text, so I hope your Bible is still open before you. What are the vital signs of spiritual health? The first one comes primarily through verses 1 through 8. If you glance back at those verses in the book of Nehemiah, you're going to find what I'm talking about. You'll find in the very first verse, they told Ezra of the scribe to bring the book of the law. Did you catch that when I read it? It wasn't that Ezra said, everybody bring your Bible and come. No, they had the scrolls and Ezra was the keeper of the scrolls. And they said to him, bring the scroll, bring the scroll. Keep that in your mind as you look at what's happening here. And so Ezra the scribe brought that in verse number two, and he read from it in the open square, and he read from it from what? Morning to midday. Now here's what I suspect. I suspect there were a few of us that were just almost thinking that was a little longer reading than what we would normally do, you know. By the way, I timed it three minutes and 30 seconds. And these folks stood there from early morning to midday. And they did not only do it from early morning to midday, they did it on day number two and day number three and day number four. You got the idea. I mean, these folks were healthy. And here's a vital sign. If you're a note taker, you write it down. Vital sign number one is simply this. Hunger for the word of God. Now, you just check yourself right now, my brothers and sisters. How is your appetite for the things of the Word? I grew up in a different era than many of you, but I had the privilege of growing up with parents that not only were Christians, but were joyful Christians. And for us, the best day of the week was Sunday, and Sunday night was just as good, and Wednesday night was just as good, and we looked forward to revivals. My mama was saved in a revival that lasted 100 days. 100 days. First one in her family to be saved. Later, all of her family would be saved. My father, who was part of a family with eight boys and one girl, he was the first in his family saved, and all the rest became Christians. But listen to me, I grew up in a home and in a church where people were hungry for the Word of God. And I will tell you, one sign of spiritual disease is you don't care about the Word. In your personal life, you don't care about the Word. This book, if you've got one, becomes a, something to go on your table or up on your dash or wherever, you know and you bring it, or maybe you don't, because you got now the digital ways of doing that. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. But I'm just asking you to look in your own heart, and I'm not asking you to tell me 
but I'm asking you to tell yourself, how you doing? How about that appetite for the word of God? And I will tell you what I understand. I understand that this is the key to healthy discipleship. It is the key. So I found, and you may or may not have seen it, April the 30th, 2021, an article by Jeff Martin in Lifeway Research, and they did a survey, a study, if you will, of 40,000 people, 40,000 people to see how they were engaging with the Word and how that engagement or lack thereof was affecting their behavior and they begin to compile the results. Let me tell you what they found. They found that if people engaged in Scripture one time a week, now, I'm so glad you're here, and I asked you a moment ago to open your Bible, but can I tell you, if this is the only time you open your Bible, you're probably spiritually weak. They found that as they looked at these 40,000, if they did one time a week, it made no effect on their behavior. Second, two times a week. Oh, a little blip. Not almost recognizable. Three times a week, a little bump. But here came the surprise. Here came the surprise. Four times or more. And all of a sudden, it radically was changing people's lives. Feeling lonely dropped 30%. Anger issues, 32%. Bitterness in relationships, 40%. Alcoholism, 57%. Sex outside of marriage, 68%. On and on and on. The research leapt off the charts. And the findings simply hammer home this truth. Your hunger for the Word of God reveals your health. Now, you say, oh, my word, preacher, I'm being honest this morning. I don't have an appetite for the Word. Well, I've got good news for you. Someone has said, and I believe it to be true, the only thing you can eat that makes you hungry is the Word. Right. You say, I'm not hungry for the Word. Eat it. <laughs> Start eating it day after day after day after day. And here's what you're going to find. The day is going to come that you've developed an appetite for the Word. Right. When I married my sweet Debbie, I had no appetite for chocolate. I know for many of you, that seems like something from another planet, but I, I didn't. And to this day, I can't drink chocolate milk. I can't eat chocolate ice cream. Fudge is not for me. But I will tell you, over the times of our life together, soon to be 52 years, August the 30th of this year, God willing, but over time, Debbie has taught me to like chocolate. <laughs> and she does that by cooking these epic chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> these brownies, she's taught me. Here's what I'm telling you. There was a time, listen to me, there was a time when I had almost no appetite. Talk about it. Now, don't misunderstand me. I was in church. I, I was a young man going to college. I was a teacher of high school mathematics. I was a song leader in the church. I didn't have much appetite personally. 
I was fortunate. Fortunate because a good friend and a relative of mine, Tommy Ballou, was my preacher during a lot of that time. And man, he could preach and it was good for me. But I didn't have an appetite. It had to be developed. I want you to hear that because some of you, you look at me or you look at Pastor Jeremy or Pastor Johnny or any of these other pastors. You got a lot of good preachers, by the way, in this church. And so you look at them and you say, well, they've just always been that way. No. Just ask their wives. They'll tell you it ain't so. So here's what I'm saying. I'm saying the great need of the hour is for healthy disciples. And by the grace of God, I can be healthy and you can be healthy. What are the vital signs? Vital sign number one, hungry for the word. Eat it. Eat it. Now, I want you to go back to your Bible because this is so important. And look down at verse nine. I want to tell you, if you've made that movie in your mind, you ought to really witness the scene change. Because by the, by the time you get down to about verse 8, you got them read, the, the people are reading from the book and helping people to understand everything's going good. But verse 9 is a different scene. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra, the priest and scribe and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Now what? Do not mourn nor weep. Hey, this is a different scene. Do not mourn nor weep. What happened between verse 8 and verse 9? I'll tell you what happened. They found that the Word of God was living and powerful. They found that the Word of God was sharper than any two-edged sword. They found that the Word of God would pierce even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. They found that the scalpel of the word in the hands of the great physician often hurts before it heals. Vital signs. Vital sign number two is this, heartbroken by the word. I want you to understand the word broke their hearts. They were weeping. They were crying. They were repenting. What happened? The word of God was breaking their hearts. It happened on the day of Pentecost when Peter preached that first sermon. And the Bible says they were pricked in their hearts. The word of God caused them to be heart broken. And so I want to ask you. When Pastor Jeremy stands before you and preaches, when you open your own Bible and you read your chapter or five chapters or whatever you read, do you ever find yourself with a broken heart? And I want you to understand something, that if reading God's Word daily never breaks your heart, you are not reading well. You are not understanding it in such a way that it is penetrating your heart and breaking your heart. And you see, I have fallen short and I have sinned against God. The Word of God, a mirror to help us see ourselves. Heartbroken by the Word. The great need of the hour is for healthy disciples. Are you? 
Are you, and you, and you, and you, are you a healthy disciple? A healthy disciple, according to the vital signs, is that you're hungry for the Word, and secondly, you're often heartbroken by the Word. Friend, if you're not there, it starts with the hunger. Then you slow down. You don't skip those verses that you don't like. I've got some I like to skip. Can I get a witness from anybody? You know, I've got others I really like. It says, sing unto the Lord a new song. I say, come on, come on, let's sing. <laughs> but then I find others, and I'll be honest, I want to just move right on by those. You've got to pause. You've got to push that pause button and come to the place in your life that you let the Word of God do its work. The Word of God will work. You've got to give it time. And you've got to let it break your heart where your heart needs to be broken. We look back now at verse 10. You're going to like this. Look at verse 10 again in this chapter. He says, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow. Here it is. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now look down at verse number 17. See what he says in verse 17. So the whole assembly of those who had returned from the captivity made booths and sat under the booths for since the day of Joshua, the son of Nun, until that day the children of Israel had not done so. And there was very great gladness. Amen. Vital signs. Vital sign number three. Happy in the word. See, God never wants to leave you heartbroken. He never wants you to stay there. He knows you have to come there. He knows you have to come to that place where your heart has been broken, but he does not want to leave you there. He wants to say to you, do not sorrow. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And oh, I have found that to be true. I have found that to be true in my life and in my ministry. We all go through stuff, don't we? And yet the reality is that joy, that joy unspeakable and full of glory, that joy that the psalmist knew when he said, how very happy are those who do not stand in the way of sinners nor sit in the seat of the scornful. How blessed are those who do not walk with the wicked. How blessed, how very happy. Here's what I want to say. I want you to know and to know well that it is God's intention to bring you to be hungry and then heartbroken, but he wants you to have happiness and joy. Do you know that when Jesus preached his first sermon, he said, repent. What did he say next? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Some of us think that he ought to have said, turn or burn. And that's the message some hear from the church today. And I'm not saying there's not some truth in that, but listen, someone has said, and I believe this to be true, behind every call to repentance in the New Testament is a great joy. <laughs> Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's something a lot better than what you've got. 
And I will tell you, if you're watching, if you're here, if you do not have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you are not walking in health in the Word of God, there is something better for you. God has happiness for His people. Amen. And I will tell you, I believe you can sing yourself happy. I believe you can pray yourself happy. I believe you can preach yourself happy. My own father, Hosey Blue Sr., my own father, he was known to get happy in church. Amen. I mean, but you know what he did when he got happy? The tears flowed. Oh, he's so happy and the tears would just flow. That's what I want for me. That is health. When the word of God produces happiness in your life. And when that word comes and makes you happy, then you can see signs that you are indeed healthy. The church needs members who are very happy in the word. And the world desperately needs to see Christians who have joy. Joy. And he intends for you to have that. You ask me why I'm happy, so I'll just tell you why. Because my sins are gone. And when I meet the scoffers who ask me where they are, I say, my sins are gone. They're underneath the blood on the cross of Calvary. As far removed as darkness is from dawn. In the sea of God's forgetfulness, that's good enough for me. Praise God, my sins are gone. Happy in the Lord, ladies and gentlemen. Happy in the Lord. That brings me to the final of the vital signs. To show that to you, I want to show you what happened starting again in verse 13. Your Bible open. Let's go to verse 14. They found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded by Moses, that the children of Israel should dwell in booths. During the feast of the seventh month, they called it the Feast of Booths, and proclaim, and they should announce and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go out to the mountain and bring olive branches, branches of oil trees, myrtle branches, palm branches, and branches of leafy trees to make booths at as it is written, commemorating the time when they came out of slavery and they didn't have a permanent dwelling place. And it is a marvelous picture of what happens in our lives. But I want you to see verse 16. Then the people went out and brought them and made themselves booths, each one on the roof of his house or in their courtyards or the courts of the house of God. And I want you to notice something, that when that happened, verse 17, there was very great gladness. We're talking vital signs, vital signs. Here's number four, heeding the word of God. So James said, Pastor Jeremy spoke on this, that we are not to be hearers only, we're to be, doers. say it again, we're to be, doers. doers of the word, heeding the word of God. Oh, my friend, we sometimes misunderstand the Great Commission. We are to make disciples, we're to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and we are to teach them to observe all things. We disciple people to obedience. Mm-hmm. We're not simply wanting to give you a shiver in your liver. We are wanting to present you 
blameless before the Lord Jesus Christ. Heeding the word of God. If you do not do that, it's like the man who observes himself in a mirror, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Again, reading from James chapter 1. The greatest need of the hour is for healthy disciples, and by God's grace, we can be healthy disciples. So let me summarize this with you. What are the vital signs of spiritual health? Number one, hungry for the Word. Number two, heartbroken by the Word. Number three, happy in the Word. And number four, heeding the Word. I wonder if there's somebody in this room that needs rehabilitation. Hey, there's no shame in that. My friend Calvin Parrish has been in a rehabilitation unit. No shame in that. Some of us have had heart issues, and many times you go for heart rehabilitation. No shame in that. And you may be here this morning, and you understand that you are not healthy spiritually. You may need some rehabilitation. You know what I like? I like that at Ridgecrest, there is a path to rehabilitation. It could be one-on-one. You can get that here. It could be a small group, and there's some wonderful small groups here. And it could be this life-on-life that's going on. There's a path to rehabilitation. But you know what I think? I think it may start right down here on your knees. Where you're honest enough to say, I'm not healthy. And I want you to understand, if you do that, Jesus will meet you there. That's right. Now, don't misunderstand. It's not the place. You can do that in your pew. You can do that in your home. You can do that wherever you are. But I believe that repentance starts us on the road to renewed health. That's right. Hungry for the word. Heartbroken by the word. Heartbroken, by the way. Happy in the word. And finally, in some ways, most importantly, heeding the word. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, to learn more about us or get connected, visit RidgecrestBaptist.org.